0: Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. Whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen and Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com DVR today. Today is Thursday, June 11th, 2020. It's my birthday, and you're listening to Daily DVR. Welcome back, everybody. This is Axel. Check us out, DVRpodcast.com. This is a birthday pod. I got my man, he's Snolo, on the other end there. How you doing, buddy?
1: (laughs) Happy birthday, brother. It is a tradition that we get together on your birthday and just do some talking. So I'm glad you're 46 years young Yep, and uh, you're looking good, baby.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm looking good, feeling good. Had a nice little day today with the family and got to hang out with Lachlan. Got got a nice birthday gift, Paths of Glory Special Edition Blu-ray that Solo sent my way
1: criterion collection,
0: criterion collection. Right. yeah baby criterion <laughs> the only collection criterion
1: so what do you just so i know because i think i got you clockwork orange yep, yep. a few years back is that the only two kubrick's you own for blu-ray or no i like to i, I...
0: you got me 2001
1: full That's metal right, jacket
0: yeah. um and oh, clockwork did. orange and now Passive oh, of glory well, uh-
1: we're just we're gonna make sure i my goal is to get you the whole collection
0: baby yeah i like it man because
1: i know i know you're not one really to own blu-rays but your favorite director you should own
0: you know what i mean without a doubt without a doubt and i watch him too i mean that's the kind of film that i could just put on and just look at listen to you know what i mean like i've seen right. i've seen all of his films like 10 or 20 times i used to just study them and that's what i do i just put them on and watch them and actually i i'm going to do a couple rewatches because what is it first week of july i'm going to be doing probably, probably going to go on for a couple hours a show with justin the uh, how Kubrick does story. And we're going to talk all about Stanley Uh, Kubrick. He's been doing like a series. He did Dan Harmon. He's doing railroad. Um, He's doing uh, Nolan. Oh, I know Dan Harmon.
1: I know Dan Harmon, which I wish I knew he was doing it. I could probably could have got him for an interview maybe. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I, I don't know what he's, He's probably busy now and stuff, but when the downtime was, yeah. No, he's coming to my bar a few times, and we've had lengthy talks. I even had to do – because they came up because, you know, uh, he first started coming up after uh, What's-His-Face, who used to work at the Holiday Inn in Burbank there. Um, Danny McBride went on one of the talk shows, and was like, oh, it's haunted. So we were getting a lot of people up in the Crystal View, our, our rooftop bar where I work. A lot of people were starting to come up there because of Danny McBride saying that. So I had to – so they always asked me, is it haunted? So one time – it was like the third or fourth time Dan was in. He was with a group, and, and, and he's like, Heath, come over here. and He goes, tell them about the haunted. So I did this whole improv thing. I spoke in a British voice, and I did this whole, whole thing. It was pretty funny. Uh, but, yeah, he, he, uh, for, uh, yeah, he's a cool dude. We were talking about the old 80s show Stingray
0: yeah <laughs> he's really into that you know i think he does yeah. or he used to do like a vhs film festival that he was a part of so he's like in really into like those kind of old 80s and like canceled oh, yeah. shows and stuff like that that's awesome solo that's fun yeah
1: and he yeah and he's a, he's a he's a cool dude i love that dude like i didn't even know who he was when i first met him And then, of course, people like, "Oh, you know who that is? You know who that is?" I'm like, "Oh, so." But I never, you know, I've never approached it like, "Oh man, you got, you know." I just, you know, you talk to people, you get to know them. That's like that one time, uh, Aaron Douglas, I believe is his name, Aaron from uh, uh, the Battlestar Galactica. Um, He's one of the lead cast members. He came up to my bar. It was just me and him, and we were, uh, you know, he was drinking scotch. We're just hanging out, and then we're talking about acting for like an hour and a half. And it took me an hour and a half to figure out, oh, shoot, that's that. Because <laughs> we worked yep. with common people. We were just talking about the art of acting and how people, you know, I was t- you know, telling a story about, you know, someone being an asshole on set. And we were just going back and forth. And uh, I was pretty neat. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of cool personalities come up to the bar. I just wish you were there with me on your birthday. And then we could I could introduce you to everyone.
0: Well I had a I had a good one, man. It was fun. Yeah. I would love to spend a bir- one birthday with solo. Oh, well,
1: I'm gonna have yeah. to come and we're gonna have to we're gonna have, all right. That's that's on the on the the near future bucket list. Definitely celebrate we could celebrate both our birthdays
0: like in between or something. Yeah, when the COVID is gone, man. But I was actually cool. able to hang out with some people well, today, yeah. even, <laughs> even though we got the COVID. We, we had a little bit of uh, – they had like a social distance kind of um, – because it was also graduation day for Lachlan uh, for first grade. So it was like a kind of have like some oh. hot dogs, hamburgers, kids riding around on bikes outside. It was really nice, man. It was a nice way to end the uh the old birthday and I got a couple I didn't really get a lot of my gifts today. They're coming. So my main gift that I got myself is the mm-hmm. uh the new um game The Last of Us Part 2. I know you're not much of a gamer, but gamers out there will know that that No,
1: but a I nice know this. Game. I saw the trailer to that game. Yeah, it looks really cool. Cause it, is that? I thought I saw something that they were talking about doing a movie about they, it. Or they're doing talks. a TV
0: series on HBO.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, because I because I was like, oh, the I go, oh, that sounds familiar, and I remember seeing, uh, you know, the commercials for it, and it looks pretty cool. And then people putting like huge. I don't know if they were putting like Hugh Jackman or different people. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. What's it about? What's the uh, game like? What's it about?
0: Well, it is a. Third person action adventure game, meaning that there's one character like in the center, a little bit offset of the screen that you control. So it's not like one of these shooter games or a top down game. Right. It's more right. of like a traditional, like Uncharted, Assassin's Creed. And you are a guy and it starts out, he's living his life. And then this pandemic hits a little close to home. <laughs> But this pandemic does something a little bit different. It turns people into like raving maniacs and, and distorts them genetically. And like,
1: I'm still with you. This is what,
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Right. Um, but it, it, they become like these kind of monsters, but human monsters and they're all deformed. And, uh, Early on in the game there's like a loss that takes place and it informs later you pick up many years later. This is a slight spoilers here, and he is now like part of a kind of auxiliary part of like a resistance that's trying to find a cure, but he's also kind of on his own living his own life, just like doing like um Uh, I don't know what you'd say is like a smuggler kind of. Um, And it's like a new world where there's a heavy military presence and armed gangs and all that. And basically he has to then take this young girl who is about the same age that his daughter was and transport her because she is not – she's immune to the disease. So you go, but you play the game like a film. That's why it's going to make an amazing television series because like even just the way that they change the gameplay according to the story, like it just surprises you and it's, it's absolutely terrifying, but they do a really good job of taking a story that, you know, we've heard this kind of story before, but making it so fun to play and the new one picks up, where she's much older, and now we have to see how the decisions they made in the first one affect
1: it. Uh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's really I good. Like that. So I'm looking forward to that. That's coming out June 19th. Um, oh, nice.
1: Yeah, because um, I know there's been leaks and different things about the PS5. Yeah, and like pricing and all that. So I'm thinking. You know, I'm thinking. Well, we'll see after. <laughs> I mean, you know. Cause I'm trying not trying not to spend too much yeah. during these times, but that's definitely something in the future. I kind of would like to get back. Cause I play, I play some games on my iPad and I'm so stoked. It looks cool. I can only imagine what a PS4 or PS5 looks like.
0: It is really, I mean, I can remember when I first got back into games and just the difference, man, It it really is like playing a movie you know, oh, that's there's, awesome. There's a time in those adventure games where you would be playing the game and then they'd have a cutscene where they tell the story and that would be so that would look so much better than the yeah, actual yeah. game. Right? I remember that. Yeah. But now yep. they've got it to the point where like the cutscenes and the game are of the same quality. And you can't tell sometimes, like it takes over and there there's the acting parts, you know, and just the scenes where you're not actively playing and then it just blends right into it. And it really feels it just grabs you, man. Like I I, I re replaying that, I was up until man, I'd be up until like three o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't even realize what time it is, because it's a pretty hard game yeah. too
1: like old school dragon's layer, Remember that <laughs> where mm, it yep. looked so cool, but that was just like the in-between and, you know, for the eighties, that was pretty big.
0: <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. That, that game kind of set the tone for all of that. Exactly what you're talking about. You picked up on it where it tried to blend that together. Um, mm-hmm. And like what would happen in the story, all of a sudden you're playing, they do it now to the point where you know, like you're just kind of sitting, you're watching, and there's like a car accident. You just don't know at what point you're going to be thrown into it. So mm-hmm. it brings mm-hmm. you. So it, I, I'm telling you, man. I would say, I mean, even now, I know this ps 5s coming out, and everybody's like the CPU, blah blah blah. But seriously, you could pick up a PS4 and play amazing games, and Xbox One, and play a ama- even an Xbox 360 has some games that would, like, blow you away. But I would go for, well, see, like, the Xbox One.
1: Well, see, that's the thing is, I mean, I I, I, get, I stopped at PlayStation 2. So that was the last one in, that I, I, I've ever played. Um, so, I you know, I like the PlayStation. But, like, for me, you're right. I'm better off getting a, like, buying a 4 cheap. And there's so many, because for me, because I play on my iPad, the 4 would be, like oh, my God, and then, you know, why go five if I haven't even experienced the four? So it might be a better. The only thing for me is, you know, I love sports games. Uh, so I like the up-to-date rosters and stuff. So, um, mm. but, I mean, the new MLB The Show or whatever is is out now. But I would love to play. <laughs> I just I keep thinking. What's the name of that? <laughs> I keep thinking of the NBC show, None of Us or whatever. <laughs> what? Oh, Wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's wait, that? I don't
0: even. Oh God. <laughs> what's the
1: name of the game again?
0: Oh, man. I'm forgetting right now. Um, no, what's. This but is no, us. The,
1: the game that we ju- we were just the
0: last. The last. Oh, of yeah. This,
1: this is what I keep thinking. Yeah. So, yeah. This is us. us. The game.
0: Uh, I was, yeah, oh, that I'm reminds like, me. I was just but, watching <laughs> a movie with a guy. The guy from this is us is in it. I wanted to mention it. I'm going to forget if I don't mention it. Um, but, uh, I caught like half of, I was going to finish watching it tonight. The hunt, the Damon Lindelof movie that with, uh, Carlton Cuse's son. Um, that's a weird movie, man. Did you see that?
1: No, I've seen the, you know, trailers and know that it's out to watch. I, but I haven't. Yeah.
0: It's a weird one. It's ultra violent, but also plays it a bit humorous too. It's I don't it's really not like anything Damon Lindelof has done before, and I wonder if that's kinda how the script was, but it's it took me off guard for a second because it's start like the first mm. moments are kind of serious, but then it very quickly becomes like comedic violence. And I think it's a kind of huh. an interesting film. I wanna I wanna keep on watching it, but I I I liked it. I would wonder what other people have to say about it. Interesting. Yeah. But uh all right, let's get let's hit a topic. I asked for some topics on Facebook. Yeah, and, baby. Uh I we got two from John and Brett, our good friends. And John says, Father's Day is coming up. How about ruminations on your dads? And for me, Axel, fatherhood. That's a good question. I don't know. You want to start out, Heath? I know you have a close relationship with your pops.
1: Yeah. What, what is it? What, is it? what was it? Illuminations of your, I don't understand the question.
0: Ruminations, What's ideas, thoughts, feelings.
1: So, so you couldn't just said ideas, thoughts, and feelings. No, <laughs> like, okay, Come on, we
0: John's don't... an educated guy, man.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I wouldn't expect anything less. I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very close with my pops, my whole family, but, uh, me and my dad, especially, and it's interesting because one of the things that really, had, since I was a little, since I was four, three, four years old, watching sports, playing sports, him coaching me, in like little league, we grew up together. We grew up together. Yeah, I grew up with my dad. No, but I grew up. At, you know, my dad being my role model, but getting me into sports because he was a fanatic, which I became. Uh, you know, I went through a little lulls, and like when I was in college. You know, I still love sports, but after college, I really got into it a lot more again, um, just obsessed, unfortunately. And now with what's going on where there's no sports, I mean, I'm watching the Korean Baseball League you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> late at night. NC Dinos, baby. That was my squad there in first place. Um, but uh, <laughs> Bumna Park, man, he's a, he's. I love that dude. All right, so one of the big things, of course, not being you know my parents are in Pennsylvania, I'm in California, so it, that the part of Father's Day not being able to spend it with them uh kind of stinks uh but we you know we people know we we've gone on our this baseball trip where we've hit all the stadiums and done that, and in April we were supposed to hit our final one, which was in Toronto, and then we have like i think three or four of the new parks still to go to that we have that we went to the old parks but since we started the uh, in '07, this trip, um, there's, there's been some new parks come along the way. So we still have to do Minnesota, the new Yankee Stadium, Atlanta, and then t- uh, the Texas Rangers are just opening a park. So we still have four new ones to go. But we would have we would we were going to do Toronto and New York, and uh, you know Toronto being kind of the finish the old parks and then do some of the new. But we had to postpone that, and that's one of the things that yeah you know it's kind of got me bummed out cuz we don't know when we're going to be able to go see baseball games and travel. I mean definitely not yeah. this season. Next season I don't know. And so um you know my dad's getting older. I'm sure he'll still be fine to travel, but you know you just you wonder like are we going to be able to finish this? But uh but all in all, you know, my 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 dad's great and you know just uh you know, we've always been close and you know, him and my mom have done so much for me bringing me up right and Um, you know, I might've went off the reservation a little times, but they brought me back in. Uh, That's
0: part of learning and they, part of the freedom that they gave you to make mistakes, right?
1: Well, that was the big thing. They, you know, I would make mistakes and basically their lesson was, listen, look at your mistake, you know, think about it. They wouldn't necessarily, I mean, I've gotten grounded and stuff, but their big thing was don't make the same mistake twice. And I try, you know, and, and, but I'm like, thank God there's a lot of mistakes I can do once, Axel. <laughs> no, but, but you know what yeah, I mean? Man. And it just, and treating me more like an adult when I was a teenager versus, you know, and, you know, cause I, you know, I messed up a few times pretty bad, uh, my younger years. But, you know, and time, even in adulthood, I have had issues, you know, I can call them and, um, you know, there's been some serious things that have happened in my life that I call them and, and open up and let them know. And I I think that that is just because we built such a foundation, and I trust them more than anything. Um, And and I'm lucky to have that. And 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 I see that with you and your son. It's just it's so um, I don't know. It's refreshing, but it's also just I enjoy seeing him grow up. You know, through your eyes, and and just and being able to. And I've talked to him since he's been able to talk. You know, I haven't met him yet, but I'm going to meet him soon uh, hopefully, but it's just like, I just lo- you know, it's just, I love hearing the stories you tell. I love, thank, you know one of the positives of social media is to see what, you know, you go on bike rides and all that. And I just love yeah. it. I, one of my favorites, Axel though, was when Bill Kava came to see you and the <laughs> picture, the pictures of Lachlan's new friend, Bill Kava. It's just like, and you know, I had met Bill before we awesome. know Bill. And it was just that like brought like a tear to my eye i just like was like oh, i wish i was there with
0: he them you know that's the thing is he knows everybody having to do with this podcast the patrons listeners other podcast he knows everybody he'll just like say somebody's name or something you know mm-hmm. um it's the funniest thing and i i really love being able to share that with him i unfortunately don't have the same kind of relationship that you have with your dad at a time I did. And Mm -hmm. as we've got, as I've gotten older um, and my father has been ill for quite a while, our relationship has not been as strong. Um, And when I was a kid, you know, my dad was, uh, he was, he chose a different path than myself. Um, He really was very focused on his work. And making Mm -hmm. money and doing, you know, the best that he could there was really his main focus. So when my parents got divorced, there was a good number of years where I didn't really have a father figure. And it was a lot of people like, Teachers, just I you know, I've just been thinking with in with this COVID time, a lot of kids don't get to go to school. And for a mm-hmm. lot of kids, it is their teachers. It is uh, you know, like my science teacher, uh I remember my first grade teacher, people who really helped me when I felt like I didn't have a father figure or a strong figure because my mom was working so much, she had three kids, a single mother. Um I just think about that now. And I was lucky that when I was like nine or 10, my mom met an awesome guy, Sandy, who became my stepfather, Sandy Shapiro, who recently passed away. And this father's day is going to be the first one. And actually today was my first birthday that he's not around any, any longer. And I have actually been thinking about that today, but Mm. he was able to teach me all those kind of things. And you know, like when we were talking about this, when you're talking about the sports, watching that Michael Jordan documentary series was yeah. for me, I first started watching it and I was being critical as I am film snob axle. And like, this really doesn't have a <laughs> thesis. This is not a, a, this is not an investigative documentary. This is a basically Michael Jordan sponsored uh, rumination on his career, and but then I started thinking the whole thing. I just felt like he was sitting next to me watching because we watched every game they showed. I watched with Sandy. I would come home from college and watch basketball. He loved basketball. He was a huge Knicks fan, and we'd go to Knicks games, go sit behind like a the Garden, which is like the freaking that is the Mecca. worst. <laughs> I, it is the Mecca, but it's also like but the again. worst plate. Unless you're sitting like courtside, you, if you're up in the boonies, you're like sitting behind like a big pole. Like literally, there are seats right.
1: where you're sitting <laughs> Obstruction <behind>. view. Obstruction
0: <laughs> yeah, you're an obstructed view. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know? And then, but that would, when we were like in New York, let's go try to get tickets to a game real quick, you know? Um, yeah. so I can feel, I, I had like both experiences, both a dad who really wasn't there and a dad who really was there. Sandy worked from home. And a lot of that stuff that I get from Lachlan, like even today, it was both my birthday and the last day of school. And I had to make it more about the last day of school. You know what I mean? Cause I'm an mm-hmm. adult. And that's my son. And that's something that I'm not so sure my father would do. <laughs> but it is something that Sandy would do, you know? So yeah. I was able to have that um, that other person come into my life and really be my dad. Like when someone says to me, your dad, I kind of think of Sandy first. And that's no disrespect to my father. I love my father. Um, but I lived with him, you know, like – Right. That was the guy who got me up for school and did all that kind of stuff. So John's got us going deep here. Solo.
1: I know. I know. Cause you know, it's funny that you, cause my dad didn't have a relationship with his father. Uh, I mean, the last time he talked to him was probably when he was 19 or 20. So, you know, so it there's, so my dad broke the cycle, yeah. if you will. And it's kind of like, I mean, you had, you know, I guess not sort of that, but, you know, you're you're making sure, too, that you start the trend. And that's just, you know, you being in Lachlan's life, it's just going to make it so much. It's just going to be amazing because no, he's going to have you. And you're, that, and you're a good dude and with a lot of love and a good heart. And you and Perry both really... Um, I just I just see the love, and it's it's great. It's well, great.
0: you and Lady Solo will do that too, man. And that's... <laughs> well... <laughs> yeah, you will. When that day comes, uh, I think that you'll be a great dad. And I, I think it's... You know what it is, dude? I th- the more... The longer I've been a dad, and it's only been seven years. I got one kid. I know some people have like seven kids. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was saying this to Perry the other day. It's like, if you're the type of person that can't accept your own faults. Uh, A a kid is the ultimate challenge. And I think when you see people that have trouble being parents, I think it's people who have trouble being honest about what their faults really are because the kid is – all the kid is is like a mirror to their parents like right, when your right. kid, when Lachlan acts a certain way with people and it disturbs me or I don't like it, I have to immediately think he's probably acting like me.
1: Oh, int- yeah. I mean, you know, that's, and that's, that's why graphic, yeah. it
0: disturbs me so much because oh, I'm seeing yeah. like that uncanny valley of beha- of human behavior and it's like disturbing to me that it's coming out Something I don't like in myself when I see it out of my son, and then it's like this double blade, like this guilt comes out too. And you have the chance, mm-hmm. you have the choice to either accept that and say, Okay, I got to learn from that and be honest to myself, or like get mad at the kid, right. you know. <laughs> and I think that that's something I know with my father that was a problem he had, and I know that was not. I guess because also Sandy was my stepfather and I didn't meet him till I was 10 when I there were just when I had faults or blew up or went nuts he was always calm about it and like would mm-hmm. just be like hey don't worry about it man and it kind of taught me to be a little bit more rational uh which I try to do but you know like today L- Lachlan um they were riding bikes and uh, my friend JD down the street like builds ramps So he's got like six different ramps. He's into like biking Mm -hmm. and the kids go over and he makes them safe for the kids. And Lachlan was like, went over the ramp. Everything was cool. And then he turned to like, talk to me and he twisted the bike and fell on the ground. And it was like, it, it, it was like he was in a. 90 mile per hour car accident. The way he acted, he was going, nuts. my leg is broken. Oh my God. I can't walk. And meanwhile, he's got like a little bruise on it, you know, (laughs) and I'm kind of shocked. And then I'm like, okay, I tend to re- overreact to shit <laughs> like, <almost> <laughs> <still>. <laughs> like right. when I'm sick or when I get hurt or I stub my toe and I'm, I'm like, I'll spend the next hour asking Perry, like, do you th- like, honey, is my toe broken? Do you think it's broken? You know, like, so I had to kind of calm down, you know, right? and just, right. and, and also, cause that can be a little embarrassing when you're a parent, when your kid like kind of overreacts to something or causes a big fuss, which Lachlan has very rarely done. I've been thankful for that. Like there's some kids that throw a fit. He's like only through like one or two big fits. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, that's my ruminations on uh, dad's
1: (laughs) ruminations with Axel Foley.
0: (laughs) So we got another question and thanks for that, John. And I know John's a great dad too. So he would have some ruminations to share with us. Um, speaking of a dad, a newer dad, Brett has a question for us. What is some good workplace drama that y'all have experienced on a movie set? Ooh. What do you got, Solo? Uh,
1: well, there's... Uh, you know, I might have told this story. I'm trying... I, I I, I do have the story that I might have talked about before, but I, I don't think anyone really remembers. Um, probably... <laughs> But then I'm trying to think of if I have something else. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll there's, there'll be two. One will be quick and one will be a little long. So the first one was I was, so I got this movie. This was probably 2001. I got like my first lead in a film. And it, my co-star was Joey Buttafuoco.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Buttafuoco. Buttafuoco.
1: Buttafuoco. And what's funny is like when I auditioned, he was reading with me. And like, I didn't know who he was. And I didn't realize he was already attached to the film. And he's like, all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm in the, I have certain pages I need to learn for the audition. And he's in there and he starts improv. And it was just like threw me off because, you know, very, it's one thing to improv and it was one, one thing to have a script, read the script, one thing to go off script. And I, and I told him, I go, hey, buddy, I didn't know he was, I, I'm trying to get a job here. Do you mind? Do you mind sticking to the script? And so he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure." And so we did it. And then he told the producers, "That's the guy. That's the guy I want." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, interesting." And then I didn't realize when we were doing a table read that when we we're announcing each other's names, you know, we introducing ourselves around, and he goes, "Hi, yeah, I'm Joey Buttafuoco." I'm like, "That's not Joey Buttafuoco, <laughs> is it?" And I'm like, holy crap, it is. And he, he, he actually was super cool to me. He, there was one scene, and unfortunately, halfway through shooting, and I'll tell you the, the horror story. So there was one day we were shooting at a hotel in, on Sunset. Uh, I don't think it was the Chateau, but it was, it was a cool, trendy uh, hotel like that. And so I had a hot tub scene with two women. And he, he actually, br- I think one was an actress, the other he brought in. And and I'm like, I have to make out with them and pour champagne and do this. And then I have to be on the phone and he's busting my chops like, oh, you know, he thought, you know, he's he's making me try. I'm trying not to laugh. He's busting my chops because, you know, he's got two women in bikinis in a hot tub and I'm trying to do dialogue on a phone and he's on the side busting my chops. It was pretty funny. Anyway, make a long story short. So it was probably like the fourth or fifth day of shooting and. We're we're waiting. We're at this restaurant, and we're I guess we're waiting. The equipment truck was late, or something was going on. So we're sitting there, and I'm talking to this guy, and we're talking. And this guy's a big dude, you know. And and then we start talking about wrestling and different things. And I felt so bad because like I didn't know I didn't recognize him. And at one point, like I'm like, oh yeah, you were a wrestler. He goes, dude, I'm Di- Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> Who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I know who you are. I mean, I, you know, I did after that, but I didn't, you know, I didn't recognize him right away. But another cool dude, you know, it's just like, and that's like me. I start like talking to people and not realizing who they are. <laughs>
0: yeah, then, yeah, yeah, you have to
1: but, do that. But with that, the biggest horror story with that is so, you know, I got my first lead in a film, uh, getting paid decent. Uh, this was a big break. I mean, I was 26. I'm like, all oh, right. And then one day I get a call – like I even had to go – one of my co-stars, um, one of the guys – it was called – the movie was called Gangsta Mafia. And it was basically like the Italians invading South Central or working with South Central gangs to take over, you know, to take over or whatever. We're joining forces kind of deal. And so it was, it was great because I, w- I was excited because it was like a mixed cast and you know you had your italians you had your african americans and one of the uh one of the actors who was um he was one of the lead uh leads of you know the south central crew we had a big scene where we had to do like six pages of dialogue in a hotel room that same day we shot we shot well it was about four pages. we shot about seven or eight pages that day it, it was crazy but he's like yeah come you know why don't we get together and go over the scene and you know and i remember Going in, in to, to his place, and we were outside, and we did a scene. And it was just—you don't get that a lot, uh, where you just show up on set. Usually, you better know your stuff. So a lot of times, you don't get rehearsals. But we, we, we kind of got together at the table. He's he like, "Hey, we got this big scene, and we're—it's sh- like the second day of shooting. Why don't we get together and work on it?" So when we did it, it, was awesome, you know. And so I kept in contact with him, and then we found out the movie was shutting down because uh, I guess. Rumor was like one of the executive producers ran away with money, and he had the footage, and I don't know. It was it was kind of weird, weird stuff. So I remember talking to him on the phone, being like, "Man, I can't believe because this was movie was going to be, you know, it was really good for both of us in our young careers, and so it was really disappointing, and it, it really, after that, I'd been working so hard, I'd been working, you know, th- three, you know, three to four years of trying to get to this point." And when the movie was just shut down, it broke it broke my heart, man. It was just like and then after that, I think I you know, I went a couple of years where I was just so frustrated and you know, it took me a while to rebound. That was the one time that I really Hollywood really got under my skin and I really was down for a while and just kind of took a little break and um and then and then at the same time my manager who you know found me in a, a play and was building my career. He decided to stop managing, and he went. He moved away. He moved out of the country, and I'm like, all this was happening at once, um, and it was just like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Uh, so it was just like it was a tough time. So uh, that's the story I'm going to use. Uh, I have a couple of other ones, but they're you know, one I've talked about before, and about someone else on set acting like an idiot and stuff. But that that one that that that's got to take the cake because you know it's you know thinking about that. Um, it was just really disappointing because I was so excited to get a lead in a film and I was felt on top of the world and then just got crushed when it mm. got cut. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that that was hard to deal with, very hard to deal with, especially at 26 years old. When, yeah. you know, I just kind of started to get a business around 23, so three years in and finally all the hard work's paying off. You know, I was getting bit parts and then I got this thing and it was, you know, a, fir- a major movie at 26 from a kid from back East who didn't have any connections. Like that was like a big deal, you know, but, but it's made me who I am today and I've learned from it. And, you know, almost 20 years later, I'm still, still doing it. So
0: still doing it, baby. Yeah. He's snow low.
1: He's snow. I would, I, that's why I would say, when you introduce me as Heath snow low? <laughs> I guess some game of Thrones flashbacks. I'm like, follow. Oh, do we just jump? Did we just jump off the castle into, uh, you know, into snow know. with, uh, with what's her face and uh, the,
0: what was it Sansa uh, and, and, and Sansa uh, and,
1: uh, uh, yes. I couldn't even remember. Thank Sansa. you for bailing me out. Sansa.
0: Yeah. Can you believe it's been a year since that finale? Has
1: there only been a year? Yeah. I feel like it's been longer. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I really do. I really do. I really felt like it's been longer. Yeah.
0: yeah it's only been a year, man.
1: I, I oh my God. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: That's it. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I read something about it. But um all right, what's my gosh, I think probably the most dramatic thing ever happened on a movie set was finishing uh Smokers, the movie that Mike and I made. Now, of course, this wasn't uh this was just us making a movie with some friends and getting like shooting at people's houses and the movie ends with a big gunfight. Uh, and we, I had kind of cajoled Aaron into using his apartment at Jersey city. And this apartment was just two floors. The bottom floor was supposed to be some kind of office, but no one ever used it. And then the landlord was on the floor above and Aaron was on the top floor. And uh, we had explained to the landlord that we were going to be shooting a movie in the house, but we didn't really get into too much specifics. And uh, Mike's friend, Ernie, who stars in the movie as yeah, Indo, baby. Indo, um, baby he was living in LA and he was only out in New York for like 10 days or so to shoot. So we had to shoot everything with him, which was this last scene, mm-hmm. uh, which we kind of were also shooting over and over. Cause I had the idea we we're actually going to show it Rashomon style, but that's not we ended up. Mike ended up doing a great edit with the split screens. Um, but anyway, Ernie was leaving the next day. We had one night to shoot it. Uh, well, I should start two days before we have two days to shoot it. Ernie is leaving in like, whatever, 48 hours The like, it's like Wednesday night and he's leaving Friday morning. We get done with the shoot. We go home. We're so excited. All right. All we got to do is shoot on Thursday night. We cut it close. We didn't want it to be that close, but Ernie had a lot of things he was doing while he was out there. And, mm-hmm. uh, We're getting ready. We wake up the next morning. We're getting ready to shoot that day. We go over, Ernie's staying with us. So we're going over how we're going to shoot it. We're looking at the footage, seeing what we might've missed, blah, blah, blah. We're going to go around six, seven o'clock to Aaron's when it gets dark and shoot. So at about like, I don't know, maybe three o'clock, Aaron calls me like hysterical hysterical. My landlord is going to kick me out of the apartment <laughs> because oh, of what happened last night. I'm like, what happened last night? He's like, what the hell? I don't know. I, cause he would leave the apartment when we were shooting
1: because
0: uh-huh. we needed the whole thing. There was nowhere even yeah. to hide. And, um, I, and I was like, I don't know what happened. And he's like, well, he is saying that His daughter was so scared, she almost called the police. She was there alone in the apartment. And basically what happened is, and this was our fault, is I had not really relayed to the guy that what we were shooting was a (laughs) gunfight where guys in masks break into the apartment. And then a battle ensues and they're screaming and yelling and we had like fake noises, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we're going up and down the stairs in the masks with fake guns and all that stuff. And he had left his nine or 10-year-old daughter in the apartment alone oh the entire gosh. night. I felt so bad. Um and at the same time, I was like, well, we're just never gonna finish this movie now. Like we can't Ugh. we can't we had other scenes to shoot too. And and this is the last night we had Ernie. And we just sat there and for like an hour and we just didn't know what to do because we couldn't really be that angry, you know? And I couldn't be angry at Aaron because he had allowed us to use his apartment and look what the fuck happened, right?
1: Yeah, right. So right.
0: finally I just was like, we didn't tell Ernie – no, we we didn't tell uh, Fred because Fred lived – Ernie knew. He was there with us, but we didn't tell Fred and the other people because these special effects guys were supposed to come out too because we were Mm -hmm. shooting like the blood splurting. And and they were still coming, and I just said – all right, man, I'm going to go over and talk to Aaron's landlord. (laughs) And Aaron had specifically told me, do not go and talk to – he was like, Axel, I know you, man. You're going to try to talk your way out of this. Don't do it. He's going to throw me out of the apartment. So I went over and talked to him, knocked on the door, was basically like – started tearing up like just i was so like i think i might have even brought a little gift for his daughter and was just like so apologetic and i said to him look we gotta we have one night to shoot and it's gonna be the same amount of noise it might even be noisier and he was like look we're going out tonight anyway uh, oh. have fun <laughs> shoot you know i just wish you should have told me and i was like i'm it was my fault I should have explained to you that it was going to be that loud and everything like that. And uh, so that was pretty dramatic. Um, um, then there's that time I was a PA and I didn't want to pick up cocaine for the director because I thought I could get in trouble. Um,
1: yeah. Well, it's was just a possibility. Uh, yeah,
0: so they told someone else uh, to, um, to get it. So, that, that's a whole nother story, but I'm trying to think of <laughs> PA-ing every day was, God, was just drama. People not letting you into um, freaking sets or apartments or studios, just like all this like crazy. Man, I have so many stories just working crazy hours but I don't know I guess that was probably when I think of drama and like movies and stuff and hire up against the wall and that was also like we're none of us are getting paid we're just doing it because we love it you know and yeah. have a dream um, but that's when it becomes like the most dramatic it also makes you feel dumb too like we're sitting there like holy shit we just like did two months of work involved like 60 people in this and we're not even going to be able to finish it. Oh God. Like there'd just be no way we had not shot stuff that we, you couldn't, there's no way you could get around it. You know,
1: You know, it's, it's funny. You're telling me this story. I I've seen smokers. It's one of my top 500 favorite films of all. Yes. Time. I, own, I own the movie and I, I was still nervous for you. It turned the story. Like I honestly, I was like, I had totally forgot. I'm like, Oh my God, did you fit? Of course you finished the film, yeah. but I was just like, Oh man. That was crazy. And I, yeah,
0: I have to thank Aaron too because, you know. A
1: Dash. Yeah.
0: I have to say, during the years that Mike and I were shooting stuff in Jersey City, we did talk A Dash into a lot of stuff he didn't want to do. (laughs) 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 And that was mainly me. And he did it. But we also made a movie. Gosh, we should. We had a little bit of an edit. I have a little bit of an edit of it, but I still have the footage of a movie we shot that a dash. And one day he'll do his Laments Descent, which is a screenplay he wrote. That was, that was pretty damn good, actually. Oh, nice. Who knows? All right. What well, else? We got I
1: wonder Air is Solo? that Lost documentary coming out?
0: <laughs> oh, man. I
1: 10 years.
0: What was that dude's name again? Audibly Lost. Is no. that him?
1: What? Yeah, I remember he had some nickname that he changed. I was calling him by it, and he goes, "No, I'm not that anymore." Okay, I don't. Remember but I think it, f- I, it might be Audibly Law. I forget. Oh, I can't even remember. Somebody
0: just recently mentioned that on uh, Jay and Jack's Facebook page, and uh, it had like I think maybe Jack had linked to some of the footage that he shot that was up. But, um, was, was he?
1: He was there for the autism Speaks, right,
0: dude? And then remember, he came back. I just released it that's on the Patreon. Right. He came that's back right. with us to that's right. my house, and he shot oh, yeah, us duh. doing the podcast and interviews and all that.
1: Yeah, God, you I wanna, would love to porch? see that. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I definitely remember. I just for some reason I I, I associate that at two separate times. Now I realize. I know. Oh yeah, wait a minute. That's what that was the
0: same like. Weekend, we oh fit a lot into that weekend, dude. Oh my lord! And remember Did we, we were going to shoot that, um, that, uh, the uh short movie for the Jane yeah, Jack that's finale. Right.
1: That's right. We
0: would have won that van, dude, because I, I know, know, I know, I saw the movies that were there, and they were good but we would have been the only one that had like a full story. That was like, actually like a short film. That's
1: right. We had oh a my good God. idea. Know, oh you know, my God. We had yeah, no we, time to shoot that. No, nah, I would have been, I had to be there another week. Yeah,
0: definitely. That uh, would have been fun though. Um, that right. was good. Brett time. has okay. a question for you. Also oh. for Heath, what is the most challenging role or scene that you have acted in?
1: Oh, the most challenging. Now, can it be challenging? Okay, you know, cuz I don't I don't necessarily have any like stuff that I was like, "Oh my god, I'm not going to be able to do it," but there were some there have been some tough ones. Um it it well, that that, that gangster mafia movie because it was my really my my first lead in a film and we d- were doing so much in one day i was i mean i literally had to do a scene on top of the hotel running and watching someone pull up i had to do the hot tub scene i had to do this long dialogue scene with my shirt off in <laughs> in, in in the hotel room and then i had to do an attempted rape scene all in one day.
0: Jesus, that
1: was, yeah, that was a lot. Um, and I mean, I was a little experienced, but I wasn't that. That's when I knew that um, okay, I can do this. When I could do that much stuff in one day, like I knew, like I'm cut out for this. Yeah. Um, I will say because the challenging slash fulfilling is kind of the same. So when I did with um, – I did this short film called Scorpion where I play like a, a mobster after a heist and we're trying to figure out where the guys are, what's going on. And we have this money and all the cops coming. So uh, uh, it was a two-night shoot from like 11 at night to like 8 in the morning. Uh it took place in one room um, and – a lot of dialogue and my co-star Daniel met, so I never met before. Uh, you know, we met that night, never rehearsed nothing. And we had to do the, these heavy dialogue scenes for like two nights. And then it was very film noir. There's a lot of fog rolling in it. It, that was really challenging because, you know, it, it'd probably be one of the first times I did a lot of heavy dialogue with just showing up with the other guy and playing off them playing off each other, not knowing each other at all, not rehearsing at all, so but we clicked so well that it was it just flowed together, and you know we played off each other, and that's when that's another point in my career where i 'm like, "Wow, I mean I felt and he did it for me too, but I felt like that that was the point where I felt like if I do my job right." I can give the other actor stuff to do so like I could feel him playing off me. And, and it felt like I, I felt like De Niro, you know, that someone was, you know, I was given. So it just, it was that moment and, and him too. Like we were going back and forth and I felt so comfortable with him. We did it for each other. And so that was very challenging, but it was done. And the director, uh, Eric, I always get his last name wrong. DeMusi. I think it's pronounced Musi. Um, Eric, I always want to say Dempsey, but it's Demusi. He he was awesome. I love that dude. Um, it, he was so great. But in w- one of the fulfilling parts of that, we were doing this heavy back and forth, and this can the camera guy. You know, we cut, and he goes, "That was fucking brilliant." Like That's that made awesome. me feel so good. Like because you get lost in it, and you don't know. Like you you assume the director's happy and people are happy, but you you know you don't know, and that you know. And so you're doing so much and you're, you know, my big thing as an actor, I want the director to, if the director's happy, then I'm freaking happy because that means he's getting what he or she is getting what they want and I'm doing the job. Right. But to hear the cameraman say that, you know, and and, and I looked at Daniel, I don't know if he heard it, but I was just like, that was very rewarding that. So the challenge was met and then you could start feeling it. And then by the, the second night, it was just becoming, and then we had some new characters come in I, and it was just, uh, you know, so that, that was challenging. Cause I'm like, it's, it's been a while since I did heavy dialogue stuff other than like, you know, a couple of lines here and there or stuff like that. Um, so when I did that, it was just like, excuse me, challenging and rewarding at the same time. And I, and I still will watch that like short film. I'll pop it in from time to time just because, I enjoyed doing it so much. And I was so pleased with how it turned out that it just, I, I'm really proud of that project. That's uh, Cause awesome, man. you know, you know, so yeah, that was a great, great experience. Um, and challenging experience.
0: Wow. Thank you for those questions. Yeah. Brett and John, that was awesome. Bj, BJ. yeah, <laughs> John, speaking <laughs> of other peeps, I want to give a shout out to Andy, because on our Facebook page, we're going to do a little bit of a kind of tournament bracket of TV shows. So head on over to the Facebook page if you want to get involved with that. We're going to try to induct shows into the DVR podcast, Hall of Fame dramas comedies, sci-fi, crime dramas. We're sp- Andy is doing a great job of like splitting it all up. We're going to try to get that now. It's almost like lost. We should almost just put the- I I was thinking of taking lost out of it cuz I almost feel like it's going to be way too heavy especially in this group, but let's see how lost fares. I mean, it's definitely going in as the favorite.
1: Yeah, I mean, we I mean, we could always I think Everyone who fo- practically everyone who follows the DVR podcasting network is a lost fan. It's almost like to start it off, we should just induct Lost and then let the others <laughs> battle it out. Just because. That's a
0: good point, dude. That's a good point. We should just be like, and it's already over, Lost one, so let's go to who goes. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun if Lost wasn't involved because then we yeah. can really. So, I mean, Lost should be like the first one inducted, it should be honorary inducted as the. You know, because it it started a, okay, but I
0: know there's a, but the, but is, is that then I start looking and I'm like, then how about, do you think the same thing for the wire, like game of Thrones, the leftover, but you don't know. So then that's why I kind of say like, let's see, you know, you never know when people are really, you know, when it gets, when things are put against other things and you have, that's why the bracket thing is fun because it shakes out differently each time Mm -hmm. you move forward, you know?
1: So is it going to be like ballots for the hall of fame where like every year, like once say lost wins, it's, you know, it goes in. And then next year, everything else other than lost competes again to get in. Or is there, how's the bracket, the voting working? I
0: don't know. We're creating it as we speak. Uh, And I just talked about it and kind of had the idea and, he went forward with it, and I think this, this is awesome, and we're going to do it, man. We'll post them and keep the brackets going and see, and then maybe we'll just do a vote on that, too. What should happen? They get inducted. I think it's just fun to kind of think about the different show. Just look at the great list you are already. The Shield, Sons of Anarchy, Deadwood, Leftovers, Lost, Twin Peaks, Veronica Mars, Chappelle's Show, Cheers, Community, Friends, Veep, Seinfeld, Star Trek. These are all awesome shows. Oh, speaking of that, I've been watching some Friends on HBO Max.
1: Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love Friends. It's one of my favorite comedies. Not my favorite comedies. No, I love Friends. Uh, <laughs> Reynada bought me uh, a few years ago, bought me the whole Blu ray of Friends, the whole complete collection, which is awesome. I didn't take have- it
0: seriously, but now I love it. It's good,
1: man. It really is a great, great show, right. and because at our 'cause at nighttime you got friends and mom come on, and so that's like our go to sitcoms before bed kind of thing. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So because they're on like Nick at Night and whatever at the time, either Renata goes to bed or I do. Um, I, I'm usually listening to serial killer podcasts anyway when I go to bed. <laughs> but that's that's for that's for another
0: Sublime. day. Late <laughs> <laughs> so listening for- to soothe you.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, no, friend but this, okay, so I want to talk the streaming stuff.
0: All right, let's do if, it.
1: Real, so I know, like, everyone was getting excited, Disney Plus and and HBO Max, which, you know, I have. And it's funny because they have this uh, series, this British, like, limited series called Five Days. Have you ever seen it?
0: Uh, Where this, no, but I heard of it.
1: Yeah. So I rewatched it cause I didn't remember it. I remember like kind of the pilot, but, um, I, I don't know if I ever finished it or not. Cause I do not remember the ending at all. So I was like, so I just was watching it again. It's funny because when you watch it, like if you watch the Ozark, like Janet McTeer is, you know, a big, uh, character on the Ozark, uh, f- you know, through the three seasons and, I, she was like a detective in it. And I was like, oh, yeah. So you start – it's like when I watch Band of Brothers later, all these like young yeah. actors who I didn't know, you're like, oh, my God, that's this guy. That's this guy. Oh, it's so cool. So um, so I guess because I own a lot of stuff, a lot of movies, I'm a collector. I have a big library. I guess for me the streaming's not as – I mean um, like, oh, you know – like Disney, it was like all these things. I'm like, well, I own all the stuff. I want to see maybe one or two, and I. So, I guess everyone gets so excited, and I, I. I realize some people watch it on the go, or just like to have the access to it. Uh, you know, just like oh, scroll through. Like I remember when when I went to visit you in North Carolina back in the day, you had your Netflix streaming set up through your Blu-ray player, and it was like I was I was you were working, and I was at your place, and I'm like and I, and you showed me and I'm like, Oh my God, I can just scroll through, click on something and watch it right now. Like I was just so amazed. So I watched man on wire, the documentary in your living room while you were working. Uh, That was, that was fun. Uh, But anyway, um, so I guess, you know, everyone gets so excited for these streaming new streaming stuff, but I like HBO max. I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I had HBO go and, yeah, I could. I mean, I guess because I own the wire, I own a lot of stuff. I don't mind putting discs in and doing that away. But wh- I, I guess what I'm asking is, what is? Why are, do people get so excited for the streaming services? Like, is it just because a lot of people don't maybe don't own movies? And it's a way they can watch a bunch of stuff. Or why is it so like? Oh my God, you got to have Disney Plus. Other than watching Mandalorian. There's nothing, uh, you know, I own what I like and I I don't, I didn't need it. I didn't need to have it, but I felt like everyone's like, oh, you got to get it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that there was a rush here, right? You had Netflix and Amazon and Hulu for Mm -hmm. a good number of years. And then Apple TV plus Disney plus, and HBO max drop along with um, a lot of your providers Verizon and Xfinity and all that, excuse me, expanding into like set top boxes and all this. So, I mean, I think that it's just a new thing and it's interesting. I mean, I get a little, I, I agree with you. I think if I didn't have a kid,
1: especially
0: for Disney plus Um, it would maybe be a little disappointing. I like Disney plus it's fun. It's cool. Oh, you can watch any of those Avengers movies, star Wars movies, but I'm not going to watch star Wars every day though. I do think the service is pretty damn good and I use it. I watch stuff when Mm -hmm. HBO max came. You're right. I mean, I'm watching friends and you know, like, four months ago or whatever that was on Netflix. And I ignored it the whole time. I never yeah, watched it. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden I'm watching it cause it's on HBO max. It's the same version that was on Netflix. It's no different. I mm-hmm. agree. I had HBO go to, and I mainly use it to watch something new that came out. Um, so I think in, you know, we'll see how this shakes out and who buys who and, if some of these kind of coalesce into each other, you know, you see something like Amazon is trying to be a portal for all of them. So prime is just another channel where they'll also offer you HBO max, Netflix, you know, like you can get Mm -hmm. anything through Amazon. And I think that's probably the way to go, you know, and Apple tries to do the same thing. But Netflix, Hulu, Disney, they're like working on different models. I mean, you know, who knows? In 10 years, Disney could own them all. But I kind of do agree with you, Solo. There is a good portion of just that newness, like opening Mm -hmm. up a package, you know? You're like, ooh, what's inside? Even when you know? (laughs) know
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Well, I totally understand having a child and having it because they can, you know, they don't have to put a Blu-ray in, you know, they can just tap on it, watch it with their iPad or TV or whatever. And that that makes a lot of sense. Um, So I I see like when you, I remember you mentioned, Oh, you know, all the Harry Potter movies. So luck. And I'm like, Oh, that, see that makes sense to me. Um, But as a, you know, 40 something adult who owns a ton of stuff, I don't necessarily need it, but I know I'm not necessarily in the demographic though. I use Netflix and Amazon Prime um, and Hulu when Handmaid's Tale comes out. Then we get it for like a month. <laughs> and then, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I guess um, I, I really only sh- when I'm, – I'm only usually streaming. I mean sometimes it's on my television. Um, but, like, if my wife goes to bed and I don't want to blast something, I'll put my headphones in and watch stuff on my iPad. That's mm-hmm. how I f- watched the first season of Mindhunter on my iPad and it actually was a good experience because the quality was so good, even though it wasn't, you know, the big screen and surround sound, but it, it, it actually, you know, it works. Yeah. Or if you're on the road or something, I remember, uh, you know, downloading some stuff off Netflix and then you know, going on the airplane or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool having not, cause I remember the old days I used to get my portable DVD player and bring it on and hope that the battery lasted. Um, you know, I, I remember carrying an extra one. Oh God, I was like that thing. I'm like, oh cool, I have this. But yeah, like and I didn't get all like I, hot I got while a- you were
0: holding it. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like the I, I'll never forget. I was on a cruise. Uh, the only time I've ever gone on a cruise, like oh four oh five, uh, I think it was oh four. 05 uh we were in the caribbean and i remember was, so i brought it with me and i remember i had the first season of law and order criminal intent i had not seen it and i brought it with me and i remember just chilling outside at a table on the ship you know you see the ocean nice. i got like you know a beer or ice cream or whatever and i was just watching an episode of law and order criminal intent and i felt like so like zoned out <laughs> like i was in my perfect world i have my law and order i have water and no one's bothering me this is like the greatest this is the greatest experience Uh, oh so
0: funny man those little things Uh, Uh i would know you know i stream all the time i mean i think that especially i got that little roku that thing is awesome yeah um unfortunately it doesn't have hbo max yet uh but Mm. it, it will soon and i really like the roku even during the recent protests and I know they're still continuing, I would be up at night and I would go to like the CBS 24 seven app and I'd be able to switch from New York to um, Minneapolis to Chicago, to LA to each station right on the app. And I love the Roku. That thing is awesome. I mean, honestly, the only reason I keep on having direct TV is because of the NFL Sunday ticket and because yeah. I pay like less than $50 a month for Directv Cause I just call them up once a month and I say, I'm going to cancel it unless you lower the price. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a $50 credit Bye, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, that's what they, I mean, I just got into that habit and it's gone yeah. pretty good. And, but really it's the NFL Sunday ticket, which they've already yeah. given to me for free, by the way. Nice. I called up direct TV to ask him a question about something. And I was like, what else can I get? Uh, what else you got for me? And he's like, Hey, I <laughs> see you like a Sunday ticket. How do you like Sunday ticket max for free? I was like, Oh, you guys really are hoping there's an NFL season, huh? Uh, he's like, "Yep," <laughs> And I was like, I'll take it. Um, That's awesome. But I, mo- I don't own a lot of physical copies of things. I, right, you know, right. I wonder what, I wonder when you look at the sales of physical copies, how many are like gift items and how many people buy for themselves and how many box sets are still bought. And, you know, know, people buy things digitally or, you know, what Mm -hmm. people do too solo is they might have physical copy, but they copy it into their computer and then it's on their server
1: right and they either sell it yeah they just or... watch
0: it they watch it through their plex or on their tv you right. know or something like i've been learning about that through the roku so
1: yeah ever since i was little i mean with vhs's and stuff like i just love having yeah. the physical copy i'm I just was
0: like that too, um, but i moved too many times i just
1: yeah had to give I, it up i'm i'm i am so addicted in that aspect i like hat like if I want to see a movie, I almost look to see how much the Blu-ray is versus if yeah. it's free streaming, I know. you know, but I, I just, I'm weird. Like, like I had to have the Batman 66 Blu-ray set when that came out. I mean, I could like, that's a bad example. Cause that's like one of my childhood shows that I saw in syndication. And, and I loved it so much that when it finally, cause it didn't come out DVD for years because of they were a lot of the rights, like two studios are fighting over the rights and also They had so many of those cameos of stars. I guess there was an issue with releasing it, Mm. uh, with the release of that, with, with their consent or paying royalty. It was like the
0: States and everything.
1: Yeah. Kind of like the wonder years because of all the music, it didn't come out on DVD forever.
0: What would you do? (laughs) Love the
1: wonder years. You know, your song goes on today and I was thinking of you, uh, the, the, the Rolling Stone song waiting on a friend. Yeah.
0: I, I was not waiting on. A, on lady. a lady. Yeah. I remember that song. Sitting just on the porch there. For- Those yeah. wait. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I guess I moved too many times. I got, ri- I used to have a good collection. I still have a box of VHS and like I VHS that I got from world of video before they closed. And I have a bunch of different DVDs, and I probably have a, like a laser disc or two, like packed away mm-hmm. in a box somewhere. But um, yeah, I just had to at a, a certain point. But see, you, you're saying you watch them. You go back into your library, and you pick something out, and you watch it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I still have. It.
0: See, I find that I was, yeah. I was never doing that. I, you know, right. and then once Netflix was available through the Blu-ray or whatever, I was like, oh, okay, because I'll just watch, I get, I'm very, I, you know, as far as something, i just get moody and I'll be like, I want to watch something really weird. Or like a lot of times I like to watch something, uh, one of the reasons why I like reality shows and I always talk about on the show, I like build models at night and I like something that I'm just basically listening to that you don't need Mm. to even really look at too much.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I find myself doing that. And then other times I like to look at something and I'm not really listening, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I mean, I, I do find myself watching some weird stuff, uh, just little snippets of things, especially on Amazon. Amazon prime has a lot of weird shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it does a lot of weird shit if you go deep into that i think that they have by far the biggest and weirdest catalog netflix is kind of hard to find the weird stuff but if you go and start searching something on just like search goat's head on amazon and you'll find some weird documentary on a goat head or some shit like <laughs> it's just it's it's really strange um but yeah. uh, I guess we should start wrapping it up, man. It's getting okay, kind of late. I, yeah. Let me see. I had – what notes did I have? Oh, did you check out that Bruce Lee documentary, Be Water on ESPN? Oh, no.
1: I I recorded it on my DVR. I still have to watch it. I'm really looking forward to it. Is it any good? Did you watch it?
0: I thought it was – Very good. And I have to say maybe ESPN is actually trying to do good documentaries for 30 for 30 now because the original that came the original bunch that came out with Bill Simmons. were really good. Then they do a couple one-offs that weren't really 30 for 30, like OJ made in America, but they kind of called it that when they were, you know?
1: Yeah, like 30 for 30 Presents. Exactly. They were, they were using yes. the brand, but it wasn't a 30 for 30. Yeah,
0: and then they did a whole shitload of really bad ones. That I were,
1: stopped watching yeah. a lot of them. I watched yeah. that whole first season, no matter what the topic was. Maybe part of, most of the second season, but then after that, I really... I don't know if it was the topics or if it was the quality. I, I don't know. The
0: funding and the process and what they're allowed to be in it too. Yeah, You, know, you yeah. know, ESPN's notorious with that. They're, they're so be behoven to the NFL and the NBA, like all the big organizations. Yeah, yeah. They never want to say anything bad about them.
1: Yeah. Cause the thing is when Bill, when Bill Simmons, you know, created it and produced, they were like, like the Marcus Dupre, like stuff yeah. that it, he real they really did that stuff that hard. I was very in- interesting. The Len Bias story. My dad still can't watch that documentary because when Len Bias oh, died, that, I mean that that screwed up Celtics, the Celtics franchise. Yep. For, oh my god! And you know, and it was just—I watched it and I was like depressed over again because I was I was like ten years old when that happened and I underst I didn't quite understand it, and then I'm like. Oh wait, you know, he did cocaine, then died. What, you know, and that mm-hmm. he was going to be that great of a player. Uh, and then you
0: did another uh, line and so watched yes. Paw Patrol.
1: <laughs> there you go. So there you go. Yes. That's what.
0: That's what you do. Kids show. That was a bad joke. It's kind of funny though. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. So I, so yeah. It, it's you know because I remember like the two Escobars, all those show, all yeah, those thirty for thirties. I loved, and then and then I just stopped watching them. Well, I I, mean, know, I, I think
0: that's the thing is Bill Simmons stopped be they there was no more it wasn't just Bill Simmons someone else could have taken over that you know sure. really pushed and produced it but I think ESPN just basically would find some doc and slap 30 for 30 on it, you know. Now, this Bruce Lee one I was saying before, the Michael Jordan one I lo- I ended up loving it because it was nostalgic to me. If I was a person that didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan, at the end of that documentary series, I might feel a little bit like I didn't really get the whole story. This was kind of like a Michael Jordan commercial. But for me, yeah, and I know yeah. for you, we watched those games. That was when and I for me that was when I loved basketball and followed it every day for those years. Basically when Jordan left the league or kind of left the bulls, I was just not really that much into basketball. And it was, it coincided with the Knicks demise of that team as well. Yeah. Um, But um, anyway, I wish that they had given this documentary, the same amount of money and time. I mean, this could have been an eight to 10 episode a series on Bruce Lee. Oh, and
1: I'd want to see and I would love to see that. And you'll, you know, you'll
0: realize so much. it. When you see this, you'll yeah. it was it was so compressed. That was my main complaint. But they really got into a lot of depth uh, and a lot of cool stuff in a pretty tight, like I guess it's just about an hour and twenty minutes with commercials. So did
1: they did it did it go into his idea for Kung Fu getting like stolen sort of and the Green Hornet at all, or is that? Yeah,
0: it does. It it actually has almost the exact same, and there's one of the faults of the Jordan documentary, this kind of narrative technique of starting at a heightened point in this person's career and then going back, then coming back to where you were in the beginning and going forward to the end. And that's kind of what this documentary does. So it goes all into the Green Hornet and it goes a lot into his struggles with racism in America and dealing with being cast and then going back to Hong Kong. And just the fact that he was just such an international guy who was actually born in San Francisco, you know, and then there's the thing between Hong Kong and China, which ESPN mm. kind of had to walk a tightrope. And actually, that's something that I I was trying oh, to read yeah. about that to kind of, I don't know that I know enough about the time difference and what's going on now to be able to sense how it was politically framed, but suffice to say they, it is really more concentrating on that Hong Kong is a part of China, which now is Mm. what China wants and what, you know, that NBA coach got into a lot of trouble. Oh yeah. Mm The, uh,
1: yeah, the GM of, uh, the rockets yeah
0: so Morey, yeah. they do there's there's something there again it's espn they're not going to investigate that you know what yeah, i mean no, like no they're going to stay out of that and you know what i have to say in their case that's probably the right thing to do <laughs> because
1: yeah i mean there's- they, don't,
0: they don't handle that stuff well espn
1: yeah i mean not only do they have not money the they have you know, billion dollar obligations or million yeah, dollar obligations, it, but also when you and it's like what we're living through now. It's so tough. Like you can't say one thing without having more to back it up. Yes. Where so why go there if you if 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 you're just going to talk yourself into a ditch? And you you're know not what I mean? really
0: willing to go there, which and you're
1: not, not willing. Yes. So which?
0: that's why I can see them like. I don't expect that. I don't go in. Like I didn't go into that Jordan documentary. I wasn't devastated that it wasn't a deep. I knew it was executive produced by Jordan. I knew it was on ESPN. So I kind of went in and, you know, and I was able to enjoy what it was for what it was, but that's why the OJ one was so shocking because that was like one... one of the best series ever made.
1: Yeah, that one, that O.J. Made in America, because there was Amazing. still a lot of things that I didn't quite, you know, know, where Jordan, like even the stuff, like all I was hearing was, oh, when people watched, especially 30 and under that didn't know Michael Jordan, they may not like him. They may, and a lot of the stories I heard through wow. the years, you know, whether, you know, and plus, you know, it's I didn't read brick. any of the books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it just, you know. It, but but the real thing that got me in the Jordan doc was how much before Twitter before the internet went nuts how much of a global like icon he was wow. and wherever he went he was so mobbed like it, you just like the Beatles or whatever you just felt it and like oh my God how can a human have to deal with that play the best of the best and be at the an all time high level as an athlete in front of people and then go have to deal with people all the time i mean i just was like oh my god how how can you not be a prick yeah (laughs) i mean mean, uh, you you know i mean
0: i i know and that's why i think a deeper examination of him would be so interesting and actually in a way may have made him look even better than this documentary did Um, Hmm. because I think that when you put it in that context, like you're saying, so like I say, yeah, he was a prick, but also, I mean, he's Michael Jordan. Like you are, there are cases in which you're talking about rarefied air. Like the guy was able to be so great at this one thing. And even though for many people, they're just like, yeah, he was great at playing basketball. And even I could say that he mm-hmm. was just so great. <laughs> you know I mean? like,
1: listen, oh, I know it's
0: not even. And that's why I also feel, I know there's a lot of people who are like Kobe or, uh, LeBron or even like Shaq or something. These people with a great. And then they're like, nah, dude, I came up watching Michael Jordan. Like he invented that. But then some people say, Hey, about what about Will Chamberlain? You know, like, I don't know enough about basketball to have a, great conversation about it. But yeah. one thing that documentary did remind me of is that I was not imagining how awesome he was. <laughs> yeah, know I know mean? Like to yeah, see that no, stuff it was, again. You're, it holds up. <laughs> yes, exact. That's the way of saying it. Solo. He, it holds Where, up. You, yeah, cause, yeah,
1: yeah. Cause like, I know my dad, his all time favorite basketball player is Bill Russell. And Bill Russell was great but. Boy- when you look back, it uh, it's you don't you're not like oh my god he was so amazing, you know. Yeah. I mean he, he was. Don't get me wrong, but like the level of competition. I mean it was him against Wilt pretty much. Uh, but I believe if Bill Russell put him in any era, and he would have been awesome. I mean especially even now because he was so athletic. I bet you he would work on a jump shot like you yeah, know it's and, so and, and it, different it, things.
0: It's so hard to say it's, because, right? Like, It's when, so hard. Yeah, you pull him out. But, you know, it made me think, dude, like with all this COVID shit happening in the NBA – and I'm planning on watching. I haven't watched – I've tried – every year almost I try to get back into the NBA because I do love the game of basketball so much. It was such a part of me growing up, and it's the game that I have played more than any other sport and I absolutely love it. And I, I think I'm pretty damn good at it. Uh, or I was at a time, not anymore, probably. probably get my ass kicked, but <laughs> I'm old and slow. I'm 46 now, people. Um, but uh, I just think that the NBA, uh, when I think about the future and the way that baseball was so popular when we were kids, and it's, mm-hmm. it's unimaginable to kids and people, I think – uh, today younger people how popular baseball was because it's not popular like at like when the baseball not
1: even close it's
0: nothing when the nba was canceled people were like oh my god when they were like yeah. we're not starting baseball people are like what okay you know like it's and i'm not making fun of the game i've never been a huge fan of baseball i've enjoyed many baseball games but i understand the love for that game and i think it's a great game and they could make changes but man, if the NBA, they need to shorten that season because, oh, the, and they need to do what the NFL does. They need to do like Sunday is NBA day and we're doing like four sets of games a day. This thing where you're playing like every day and sometimes it's at three o'clock or five o'clock or seven o'clock. That's why the NBA will never overtake the NFL until they Well, each game is as important as an NFL game.
1: This is the problem, though, with hockey, basketball and um, baseball versus the NFL, Uh, though local markets will get games. The NFL is all, you you know, uh, NBC, CBS.
0: Yeah, every game is national.
1: And the big thing with baseball, basketball and hockey is there's they make a lot of their money with the local market. So not every, so not every game is national. So they're only allowed so many national games and they try to, spread. that's the problem. Cause you couldn't just do a slate necessarily of four games because then it's like, well, we have the local this day, you know, you know, they try to do the one on I mean, Christmas. They'll do it or on certain things, yeah. but I understand what you're saying. They try to do like, even though like TNT does Thursday nights then for a while, I was like, they're showing a game on Monday? I thought it was Thursday nights. It's on TNT.
0: That's Like you start yeah. getting
1: confused, and that's where your point is, is it starts to get confusing where NFL, you know, okay, we got to, you know, the big thing is, oh, there's a Thursday night game this week. But then it's like we know it's Sunday and all People day, complain Sunday about night, that,
0: right? Yeah. There, there's, oh, yeah. there's more. And if, you, if you pull NFL fans, they're like, get rid of the Thursday game. Even though I love watching more football during the week, just get rid of it because it's, you know, it's the, it.
1: it's, it's, and and also it, you had through the years, like two, two Thanksgiving games. That was it. But the short week, the quality of play goes down too. And injuries can happen. That's
0: the thing. And
1: and and that's why we don't need the Thursday night game and which, you know, I don't mind it, but like, like when I, when I would bartend and we don't have NFL network, first couple of games of the season is just on NFL network. Well, can't see it yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, great. You know, it's just, but, but that's a different point, but yeah, that's,
0: but with cable you know, and it, Sunday ticket, it, it is like every game is national, you know, like they play, they, the NFL treats it like that. And I think one of the things I've always thought about, and this is a totally divergent question. I thought, but I've always thought to myself, you know, the NFL has this scarcity where there's only 16 games. They want the NFL PA is always fighting against more games or, or they want to eliminate preseason games because the game is so physically taxing. Right. So they have kind Mm -hmm. of this um, built in scarcity of number of games, but with the NBA baseball and hockey, they play – what do they play, like 180-something games in baseball? Or how many games do they play in a season? Oh, 162. Oh, Jesus. And how many Plus, NBA games yeah. do they have? 70 or 90? I think it's
1: 82. 82 80 okay. or 82. I think – I think. I can't remember. I thought hockey Gosh. and basketball were both 82, but, but th- I could be wrong. But this is it's, what, a, it's Give or take a game, yeah.
0: It's like that they – just because you can play that many games – doesn't mean that it's actually good for the season and the sport and it becomes so ingrained then into the way that they make money from it, that they can't change it. But I think if the NBA was like 35 games and that's it and every game you have, because when I tune into an NBA game during the season, I'm thinking to myself, half these guys are probably not playing that hard. Because they don't care. And I know from listening to whatever Bill Simmons or reading about the NBA or talking to people, they're always like, oh, yeah, you got to watch it towards the end or watch the playoffs. That's when the games really matter. That's not how a sport should be. Every game should matter. I feel yeah, the same it- way about baseball and hockey. Like, just because you can play that many games, because it's not as physically demanding and injury prone is the NFL doesn't mean you should play that many games. I think they should all shorten their seasons and they'd probably be more interesting and exciting. And people would, you'd see new people have fresh legs and come up and just put more into it where I just think, man, 162 games. That's like, dude, that's mind boggling.
1: And let's end on a note, and Cal Rifkin played, like, 2,600 games in a row. That's why
0: baseball is, like, a different world, you know?
1: Yeah, it is, and that's for another pod. Um, But I agree with you with the NBA and the NHL. Like, in 99, when there was a strike um, or lockout, whatever one, in the NBA, they had a 50-game season. And they recently, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago, had the 60-something-game season. And though it was intense... And back, you know, you play in three out of four days sometimes and stuff. But, it, it, it you know, it's much much better and, and every game counts more. Yeah. This whole load management thing, Michael Jordan played hard every night because he said, I don't know if someone's in the stands and this is the only time they're going to see me. I'm going to give it yeah. my best, yeah. not to disappoint that fan. And that's where Jordan has prick tendencies, was this and that. But, like, he cared about he was the devoted. fans.
0: Yeah, he was devoted and, and- to the game overall, and that's, right?
1: You know, and I didn't play with him on the Bulls and or the Wizards and I was just a fan and what I saw on the court and how, you know, his personal stuff, the gambling, whatever, is you know, what uh, he gave me so much just by him giving it his all on the court that he will always forever be you know, one of my favorite players of all time. And and I I loved him since North Carolina and then followed him. Even though I was a Celtic fan, it was one of those things where I'm a Celtic fan, but I also was a Jordan fan. You don't get that that much nowadays where you're not going to say you're a jet fan. Well, you may say, Oh, but I'm a huge Brett Favre fan or something. Oh wait, he played for the Jets. Tom Brady, (laughs) but not,
0: you are not a Tom Brady fan. If you're a jet, like you can't, you can't,
1: you just can't like, Anyone on the uh, the Redskins, Giants, or Eagles, I cannot be a fan of. That's why I went to school at Syracuse with Donovan McNabb. He became an Eagle, and I couldn't root for him. I couldn't root for him because he's an Eagle
0: yes i always get pissed off when somebody leaves the jets and oh. goes and plays for the giants i'm always like fuck you like snacks did that oh,
1: snacks oh yeah so he's like, i'm
0: going to play for the Giants." I was like fuck you dude i don't like you anymore
1: i know i know um, it's just yeah, like man anyway. sports
0: i like it all right well let's finish it up yeah we could go on right. and on because yeah that, okay. that's interesting i want to look into that what you were taught talk- those shortened seasons because i th- i would love to get back into basketball but that's how well but i can't well, this is what i was going to say I'm sorry to interrupt. I can't get mad at people for that load management shit because that's smart. If You are you know what I mean? Like,
1: it, it, it is. It's just you, smart. The playoffs mean, but that goes to our yeah. point of the regular season is too long because, yeah, it means the playoffs mean the most, so you don't want to overdo it. Um, but yet the, the players player. are supposed to be in better shape, so why can't they put, but yet they're playing against other athletes who are better in shape. So I don't know it's just it's it's rough. Less is um, more,
0: that's what I say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at the ninety nine season. Okay. Look go go look at that at basketball reference or whatever and check it out because that was actually the year the Knicks were an eighth seed and they made it to the finals but lost to the Spurs. Um so that was interesting. That was like the last run of the Knicks in ninety nine.
0: I was probably that's, out by then.
1: Yeah, that was the first year Jordan retired, so Um, it was no Jordan that year. Yeah. Well, also basketball didn't start to like January. So it was interesting.
0: Maybe in my life, that's kind of why I fell out. And then the, and then when zone defense came in and the the game, played. yeah. When Jordan,
1: Jordan leaves and there's a strike, you know, Oh, your diehard fans will come back. But if you're on the fence or you're like, you know what? Eh."
0: Yeah. All right, buddy. Let's 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 all uh, right, buddy finish yeah, this up. up we could talk forever but this has been great i love doing these pods on my birthday this was a highlight i get to actually I only got 10 more minutes left of the old birthday but i was happy to end it with you my brother love you oh, solo thank love you, you for brother. being there for me buddy
1: happy birthday brother yeah lots of love coming from the solo household too yes
0: like. well thank you everyone for listening we appreciate the time um, I will be back soon. Not sure what's up next. I got to find, uh, find a podcast to do, uh, next week. We'll see. I'll put my mind to it. I know there's a lot of bunch of people who'd love to come on. So, uh, Ooh,
1: and we got, are we doing a it. mind hunter? Yeah, that's right. Mind, we got to get back
0: and do mind hunter too.
1: We got like four episodes left of mind hunter. So I'm looking very looking forward to that. Yes. I'm doing that with you.
0: We are. We're going to do a mind hunter next week definitely sounds great baby let's do it get back into hunting some minds baby all right well thanks everyone for listening appreciate the downloads appreciate the time throw us a review if you can happy birthday to you happy birthday to me happy birthday da da dolly lee -lee. i don't know what the hell that was i'm tired i
1: thought it was great dolly parton birthday yeah
0: dolly parton nine to five